this message. If you haven't received yet a, um, uh, a bulletin in the back, it has all our financials. In fact, Rich, would you mind grabbing those and handing out in case people didn't come in with one of those? There'll be a fa- financial report from 2019 as a part of what we're doing today. Our council representative, Colleen Grove, will be presenting that, but it goes within the context of our message. This is part two of our 2020 vision message. If you didn't get a chance to hear part one last week, I'd encourage you to go onto our website and check that out. It's, uh, it's important. It's a good way to celebrate and remember what God has done in us. But we're going to jump right in this morning. We'll be in Joshua 1, verses 1 through 9. We're actually going to be there. And in Matthew this morning, uh, or sorry, Luke chapter 21, verses 1 through 4. So mark those two spaces. But we're going to jump right in on this. If we can throw that up. This is Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. The context of everything we're doing today is about generosity and faithfulness as we look forward into the next year. It says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert of Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As it was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. This actually precedes our text from last week. In chapter 4 of Joshua, we see Joshua actually standing at the forefront of the promised land, getting ready to cross over the Jordan, which the Lord would stop up so that they could pass into a new land. But this was the work that God was doing in advance in Joshua, reminding him to be strong and courageous. Because to go into a new place, a new year, a new space that God has invited us into, which is every next moment, God has something for us next. Be strong and courageous. I will be with you everywhere you go. Last week, we spent some time remembering what the Lord had done in our lives in 2019 that was very encouraging. It's what he encouraged Joshua to do, to build a a pile of stones, to build an altar out of rocks in the desert to remember what God had done so that when they passed those rocks, the kids would ask, hey, what happened there? When we stop and remember the stories and tell the stories of faithfulness to our kids, they know that God is faithful not just now, but through every generation. The God of the Old Testament is the same God of the New Testament. So important to remember. He is abundantly faithful and generous. He calls us to emulate the same sort of faithfulness and generosity in return. That's all he does. He is faithful and generous towards us. He just asks us to return the favor. Let's do this together. 
to be a present and available church. If someone asks who your church is, what, who, who are you guys? Well, we're, we're trying to be present and available in the neighborhood. I sat in a meeting in this room on Friday and got to tell a whole bunch of people that work in this community also. And they asked about, well, what do, what do you guys, who is South Everett Foursquare? We try to be present and available in the neighborhood. I say that over and over. I say it multiple times a week to people so that they know that we're here. We talk to kids. We're present and available. Beyond that, we are faithful and we are generous. Being present and available, faithful and generous takes courage. It takes courage. Think about those places in your life. To be present, to be available, to be faithful, to be, uh, to, to be generous. Those are all things that require courage. And oftentimes I find myself shrinking back from those things because I'm trying to do it in my own strength. But be strong and courageous. Joshua stopped at the Jordan, remembered the faithfulness and the generosity of God. Then he courageously entered into a new season. That's what we're doing in this vision cast. As we follow Jesus, we derive all the courage we need to move forward from the memory of what he's already done. Does that make sense? We get to move forward by remembering that he hasn't let us down yet, right? Uh, You know, I got this picture I want to show you. He was faithful to us before we were born. That's what I was remembering this morning, that God was faithful to us before we were born. Do you ever feel like this when someone's asking you to be present and available, right? Faithful and generous, you're like, I don't want to do that. But it's a reminder, even through our whining and crying, he was faithful before we were born. He will not stop being faithful. He was faithful in the Old Testament. He was faithful in the early days of the New Testament. He is still faithful today as we go forward. Joshua's crossing of the Jordan was not the first time that God had been faithful. It was not the first time that he delivered in the face of adversity, and it won't be the last time. We can be certain of some things. As I was thinking about this week, there's some things that we can be sure of as we're imagining in our own heads, in our own context, what does faithfulness and generosity look like for me in 2020? What does being present and available look like for me? That's going to be a little bit different for each of us. But as we think about those things, I hope that some of the things that God has laid on your heart give you reason to be afraid, right? Because that's an an invitation to trust him further in those spaces, because he'll always be with us. But these things we can remember that each new season will provide an opportunity for us to step forward in faith. There will always be something we can step into that we can't see the outcomes of yet. But we step in anyways. We know that in each new season, we will face challenge and opposition. It's the thing that often keeps us from doing the thing that God has put on our heart. We step out, we realize there's challenge and opposition in front of us, and we step back. But just know, we can count on it. There will be opposition to everything we do in the name of Jesus. And he goes with us, right? In each new season, we will see God deliver as we respond faithfully and generously. We will see him deliver. That's what's on the other side of the step of faith. That's why we go there, because he's going to do something. Every good thing that's ever been done that I'm proud of that God has done through me has come through opposition. I don't remember the stuff that was easy. I remember the stuff that was really, really difficult because God is the one that led us through it. He led Joshua through it. Did you guys know that Joshua has a namesake in the Bible? His name is Jesus. Joshua and Jesus. What an interesting pairing. Yeshua, Joshua in the Hebrew. Jesus in the New Testament. 
Yeshua, Jesus. Jehovah is salvation. Jehovah is salvation. Same name. Joshua and Jesus. Both of these men rose out of places of obscurity. Think about it. In their stories, they just kind of came out of places where nobody noticed. They responded to the call of God on their lives courageously and obediently, these men did. And they both delivered their people out of oppression and into promised lands. Both of them did. Different lands, different spaces. Same God delivering. Jesus, in the midst of fulfilling the greatest act of generosity in history, was stepping forward in both faith and generosity. As he stepped forward, he was hit head-on with overwhelming challenges and oppositions. Joshua also encountered opposition when he went into the land. There was giants in the land. These men of faith, the ones that God has used to bring salvation, faced opposition when they stepped out generously. And guess what? He's given us the same Holy Spirit to do the same thing, to bring deliverance in the lives of people. It's the same God doing the same stuff through different people. Isn't that incredible? When Joshua stepped forward in faith and generosity, walls fell down at Jericho. When Jesus stepped forward with generosity and faith, curtains were torn. Like we talked about in Jesus, the Father, the Creator, made a way. It's what happened in faithfulness and generosity. When we are faithful and generous in the lives of other people, we make ways for them. What does that look like on Casino Road? It looks like advocating for young people who no one else will advocate for. It means stepping in the lives of whoever might walk through the door that has no one in their life. We make a way for people relationally. We can help make ways for people financially. We can help people not doing for them, but doing with them the call that God has put on their life. And we get to participate in that. And that is where the joy comes from. In the midst of opposition, Jesus always turned back to God's word. This is so important to remember. In the scripture that we're going to read today, out of Luke chapter 21, it's a conversation he had with a very, very generous woman who had nothing to her name. Leading up to that conversation, there was a lot of adversity coming his way. But Jesus always answered those who opposed him with direction from their own loss. That's what Jesus always said. He just turned the people who had forgotten to, to open their hearts to God back to his word. He said, you people, you went to school for this. You're God's chosen people, and you've forgotten. When I'm opposed by the teachers of the law, let me go back to the original texts, the original statements of guidance, and show you the way again. It's what Jesus would do. And he does that in Deuteronomy 6. He does that in Leviticus 19. Let's listen again to the words that Brenda shared with us from Deuteronomy 6, verses 1 through 12. The context here, as we move forward, and we'll find this verse a little bit later, but the context is the religious leaders challenging Jesus about the greatest law. They just wanted to do anything they could in the final week of his life to throw opposition up in front of him in the midst of his generosity. And they said, well, what's the greatest law, Jesus? He goes back to their texts. These are the commands, decrees, and the laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess. 
Oh, here we are, back at the Jordan again. Jesus brings us back to this place of crossing into the promised land so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all of his decrees and commands that I give to you so that you may enjoy a long life. Hear Israel and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you And that you may increase greatly in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord your God of your ancestors promised you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength. These commands that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Like we just did this morning. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit down at home during the halftime show. And when you walk along the road to get the mail. When you lie down and when you get up, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them down on the door frames of your houses and your gates. Write down everything that the Lord has commanded us to. Leviticus 19.18 Seek not revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. This is where Jesus is drawing from in the midst of opposition. He draws from the word. He goes back, and this is how he answers people that knew this stuff in their minds, but hadn't yet let it seep into their hearts. The entire ministry of Jesus, every word he uttered, every action he embarked upon was in alignment with God's word. What a beautiful thing. He didn't do anything that you couldn't say, yeah, that's reflected in the Old Testament somewhere. Everything he did was in alignment with God's word, in alignment with the law and with the prophets. And he calls to us, be generous in your love for God and be generous in your love for your neighbor. These are the calls. Give it all, all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your strength. Give it all. So this last week, I was tired. You ever have a tired week? I got to Monday last week, and I'm like, Lord, it was a good kind of tired, but, but I, was, I was out. I left it all out there. I mean, it was a busy two weeks. I, it was just, and I sat down with my journal last Monday morning, and it was all I had in me to be like, Lord, my cup is empty. That's what I wrote down. My cup is empty. Fill my cup, Lord. Fill my cup again. To give all that we have is the greatest expression of generosity that we can extend. Have it all. Have it all. Who says that anymore? It's true, however, that we cannot give what we do not have. Anyone ever try to do that? That's where burnout lives. On the other side of giving more than we have. Now, I'm a recovering workaholic. I I kid you not. I will work myself to death if nobody stops me. I work and I work and I work and I work. And I had a win last Monday because I could have kept working. And the Lord said, you don't have anything left to give. You better fill up again. You better take something this week. It's okay to take sometimes. Generous people take. They take from the Lord. We can't give what we don't have. And that's why we turn to him for strength over and over and over. So this last week, I returned to the well. I did less, Hal Covey. I did less. He's always telling me to do less. I rested more. I got away to lonely places and prayed more. And a huge part of generosity is knowing how much is going out and how much is left in the tank. We always have to be aware of those things. 
And so questions for ourselves as we think about generosity, as I encourage us to be generous again in this year. Am I investing in the right places? And am I receiving from the right sources? See, what I know is that there's more even to do in this community than I can give my time to. I I grieve that because there's more I want to be involved in than I have the time to be involved with. I have to not just do the good things. I have to do the right things. What are the right things? It could be any of those things. But according to Jesus, he's called me to certain things, which means saying no more than yes. And that's a huge part of generosity to make sure that you are investing in the right places that God has called us to invest in right now. Where is that? Only God can tell us, right? And that we're receiving from the right sources, going back to the word. It's okay sometimes to binge watch a Netflix show. That's okay. We can do some other things too, but if we're not going back to the word, if we're not getting filled up, encouraged by people that know about the work that we're doing, inviting people to pray for us, we will burn out. For each of us, there are challenges that stand in the way between us and demonstrations of generosity in 2020. That's some homework. What stands in the way when you cross into a new place? What challenges and oppositions are standing before each of us? What are the giants in the land that might cause us to shrink back? Making sure that we give with the right motivation, which isn't fix at all. That's my problem. I want to fix everything. That's a wrong motivation. The right motivation is I love God and love people, and he calls me to certain places. And giving from the right source of strength. There's four different ways that we can give, as far as I can tell. Got this from a little seminar we went to the other weekend called Journey of Generosity. It was just a way to consider what it looks like to be generous people according to the Bible. There's this little acronym called LIFE. There's four ways that we can be generous, I learned when I was away at this retreat. That we can be generous with our labor. That means that i got to consider what can I give by way of my hands and my feet. Like what can I, get, what can I do? How can I help? What chair can I stack? What person can I... Uh, help across the street with their, with their bag of groceries, because that happens up and down the street here. People that can't carry these bags, that carry these bags. How can I help? I got hands, I got feet. How can I help? What can I give with my labor? Secondly, what can I give with my influence? That's the kind of giving I can give by way of relationship, by opening up my life to people, by being present and available. That means so much to people. In fact, when you talk about homelessness... The greatest challenge that people face in homelessness is not a lack of socks or a lack of food or lack of a coat. It's the death sentence of being invisible. That's what people will say. I just, no one looks at me. We can be generous with people by way of relationship. Even if we have no money in our pockets, even if we don't have, if we have no hands or no feet, we can be generous by way of relationship. So long as there's breath in our lungs, we can be generous with our finances but that's just one way to be generous. What can I give by way of my resource? When we were away at this conference, they were talking about a gal in a, in a village in Africa that had no money, and everyone was bringing something. She brought her chicken. It was all she had. She was generous with her chicken. She's like, what can I, I can give this chicken. Like, what can we be generous with by way of our resource? We all have something we can give. And then expertise. What can I give by way of experience? Hey, I know something. Let me help you with this. Let me help you with your taxes. Let me help you fix that hole in your roof. Let me help you whatever it is that we need help with. Think about our lives in those four areas. What four areas? Where can we be generous? Second Corinthians 9, verses 6 through 8. 
Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give whatever you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need. See, it's not just a give it all. He's saying, as you give it all, I will give you all that you need because you really don't own any of this stuff. The only thing that you own is your decision about what you're going to give. Own that. That's what he says. Own your decision to be a good steward. You will have all that you need. You will abound in every good work. We are stewards of everything. God owns it all. So this church has been really, really generous in all of these ways. This is an admonishment. This is an encouragement. I'm going to invite Colleen to come up and spend a few minutes just talking through the business ends of things. We only do this once a year, but it it shows that we want our books to be open and we want people to know and celebrate the generosity of of God. So go ahead and uh, Colleen. Thank you. Colleen goes to council meetings every month for us. She represents the church and keeps things in order. She helps me work out budgets because I'm not... I hate budgets, so it's nice to have somebody to commiserate with. Uh, but Colleen is a godsend, and she represents us well. And thank you, Colleen, for all your work. So for those of you that like numbers, this will be fun. For those of you that don't, it will only be a few minutes, so it's all good. But one of the things that I'd like to say, just to start out with, um, just a confirmation from the financial council from this report that we are going to look at. You are a generous people. We are a generous people. And just at how many people stood up with working with children's ministry. You know, we've been generous with our finances, but y'all are generous with you and investing in our neighborhood. It's amazing. It's amazing. So let's open up this financial report. We'll start on the side that says the balance sheet. And it basically just shows that we are a healthy financial church. Do you know what a gift that is to say? Do you know how many churches are not financially healthy? Anyway, so we'll quickly go through the numbers. It just shows with our assets, what we have in our checking account, what we have in our savings account. In our savings, we have almost $116,000. And that will include, we have enough savings that is designated in there to, for three months of reserves. It's over that, but that's, um, in our checking, we have just over $9,000. And the reason why we, we don't have like a flush checking account and then not so much on our savings is so that the savings can be, um, gaining interest. But also, I don't know about you, if you have money, just like easy, isn't it so much easy to spend it? But if you have to go and get it out of somewhere else, it makes you think a little more. So as a council, we're like, let's. Let's put um, guards on ourselves for stewardship. So, of our, so our current, current assets are just about 125000 And we have designated within that there's 30000 that's designated for a building fund. And not to mention, though, we've also been able to invest in this building. We have been generous financially in this as well. And then there's some $2,400 of missional funds. Let's keep moving. I wanted to take a little stop at the liabilities. There is a zero there, people. No debt. That's something to celebrate, right? The faithfulness. 
We're generous. We're in wisdom. And that's a gift of being able to have church in this communal building because we're joining with the community. Okay. Anyway, so that pretty much covers that. Let's step to the second page. And you all can stop me after church, too, if you have any questions. We're trying to rush through this for sake of time, but I'm available for questions. Pastor Chris is available. So we're going to the income and expense. And basically where it says operating income and then the next jump down to operating expense, that's everything that is budgeted from our tithing that comes in. So we have tithable offerings and the children's offerings. It's a total of just over 154000 God is so good. God is so good. We're talking 80-some people. What God can do. With that woman's chicken, what God can do. And then with the operating expense, the first is our tithe. That's what we give to Foursquare International. And that is 11.4% of our expenses. But I want to tell you something. We are a part of an amazing denomination who has a heart to give and to invest back. So out of our tithe, they give us 30% of that back for us to use for missional purposes. Because they're investing back in us as a people. And next year, that will go up to 40%. Crazy! Crazy good. Then we've got the ministry team, and that covers staff costs, and that's a full benefit package. There's salary, health insurance, just different things um, on that line. Our lease is $14,000. Crazy. That's the mortgage for some churches per month. God has blessed us. Then the facilities is just over $5,000. That has everything to do with our media, the computers, projectors, things so that we can hear the word and receive it well. Then we've got benevolence. We gave over $1,500 to the community this year. And that is a, is a number that we're looking to increase as well. Um, and then it says restricted income. So restricted funds are simply funds that have come in that people have designated. I want to give this, but I want to give it to CRKM. So as faithful stewardship, we take that and we give it in full to CRKM. So often it comes with, with um, missions is people will designate it. So we have um, our designated income is just over $35,000. So our full restricted is just over 37000 So then in our other part of that, the missions and the outreach expenses, we gave over $15,000 away to missionary support, to community outreach, for local ministry grants, for our VBS, reaching the kids of this neighborhood. That is so amazing. So amazing. You might think you don't like numbers, but when they come across like this, they're like, I am in. I like those kind of numbers, right? We um, bought a Connex storage. I don't know how many of you that are on the facilities team 
But for you, that you're going to raise a hallelujah for that Connex storage because it has changed everything. God is good. God is good. And for part of the leftover year in giving, we all, we got to talk about this, but we gave to with the tags from Christmas, the Christmas tree giving. We gave six hundred for that. We were able to pay for Chris Nixon's mission trip, who's on the Philippines representing us right now. Y'all be praying for her as she and her team are going into some really rural villages to get to share Jesus with people, to get to pray and see people's lives healed and set free. Have you seen, um, watch kids walking around with some Youth for Christ hoodies, the cool green hoodie that Jose did the, did the logo for? We were able to buy those to be a blessing. We were able to give some money to our dear Tyrone and Casino Road Kids Ministries, to Studio Del Criador in Mexico. Think small, and they're in Asia, Africa, and Latin America now, right? They're all over. And then Going Deutsch. Did I say that right? They're missionaries in Germany. Get these words. I'm like, oh, I say it right. You know what? You know what this says right here? I was just thinking and praying over this. If this shows how much we could do in 2019. Let's blow that out of the water. Not because we're trying to be a competition, but because it represents lives. And then in 2020, there'll be more lives touched for Jesus. Thank you, Colleen, for your faithful stewardship in these matters. And thank you, church. This is incredible. We continue to set faith goals. The goal that we set of, of bringing in $154,000, we set a faith goal of 138000 for 2019. And we met it and exceeded it in faith. I was nervous about increasing our budget. Just so you know, this is how God is working in us and through us. From $118,000 two years ago, we took a $20,000 leap of faith and said, let's shoot for one thirty-eight. We brought in one fifty-four. So this year in faith, we're saying, let's, let's, sh- let's shoot at 154 and see what the Lord does. And more and more and more and more of that giving is going straight out the door. Um, that's what we're here to be present and available, not consume on ourselves, but to uh, do more and more in the neighborhood. Amen? Last couple things here. We're not going to do a study on this, but it's just more of a devotional thought as we close. Luke 21, 1 through 4. So again, Jesus is facing opposition in the week before he goes to the cross, and then he goes to the temple courts. As Jesus looked up, he saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. Truly, I tell you, he said, this poor widow has put more in than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. All of our hearts, all of our minds, all of our souls, give it all. It's the biggest gift. Sometimes I just want to give out of my resource. But the Lord says, give out of your poverty. Blessed are the poor in spirit, Jesus said, for they will inherit the kingdom. The poor in spirit. We're all busted up, broken down. We need the grace of Jesus. It doesn't matter how much money we have in our pockets. We ain't taking that nowhere. The only thing that matters in the end is Jesus Christ and our confession of his lordship over our lives. 
I need that every day. And that's where he wants me to give out of. Give all you have out of what I have put in you. Not your strength, not your ingenuity, nothing. Just give out of what I have given you. Give out of a place of dependency. So that means before I get up and go do anything, I need to stop and say, God, would you go before me in this day? I have nothing to give outside of what you have already given me. And as we start to invest in this mentality... More and more and more will flow through us and out of us and to others so that others will point and say, look at how generous their God is. Right? It's not a name it, claim it, what can I get? I want more consumption. No, it's I want to be a vessel. I want to just keep this going. And the more we invest in that. And so it's a leap of faith, church. We're taking a leap of faith. I'll tell you what, it's a safe leap of faith because right now there's resources in the bank to cover it. But if there's some resources in the bank to cover it, we're going to push the envelope a little bit. I worked for a guy once that said, I'm not going to sit on a pile of cash while people are starving in the streets. Made me nervous as the HR director because I cuts the budget real close. But God is faithful. And right now, it's not even that big a risk. So we're going to take it. We're going to keep taking it. Generosity requires great strength and great courage. And I would suggest that the strength and the courage modeled by this widow sets the bar for us. I haven't given like this woman yet. I haven't done it yet. That's a lot. That's everything. Like, hey, babe, can we just take the mortgage payment, just cut it, this electric bill, all the money, we're just going to put it all in there. That's what she did. There's a woman who attends this congregation, came up to me one day with $5 in her hand and said, give this to the poorest person you know. It took everything in me not to hand it right back to her, but it blessed me more than about any other single moment that I've had in 18 months here because I've seen this now. The Lord let me see it, what it looked like in our context. Hmm. 2020 is going to be another year marked by incredible courage and generosity for South Everett Foursquare. Again, I say another because we're already generous. I'm going to breeze through this as we close. Four areas of focus in 2020. Again, just celebrate the work that the leadership team has done. We set four objectives in 2019. One was to set our core values and behaviors as a church. We got that, we, the, the team got that done. The second, we wanted to redefine our community partnerships. That got done. We wanted to, to see the Lord start a youth ministry. That happened. Praise the Lord. We wanted a strong strategy to navigate 15 weeks on the road for this congregation. And now the eighth month of construction that's going on in hallelujah, this is supposed to be done in three weeks. Say amen, somebody. It's coming along. It is coming along. There's new doors in here. There's going to be a foyer and they're putting it. It's going to be nice. But the Lord, had, he, when we ask, Lord, we want these things, he helps us accomplish them. So good things are happening in 2020. I went back to the team. I said, good job. Let's go again in his strength. What do we need to be talking about in 2020? Ten people in this congregation get together and have these conversations outside of service. As we prayed, we sought the Lord, and there's four things. One is health. Health, health, health. How will we care for each other as we grow? That's the question we're asking. How do we care well for each other as more people join this fellowship? Health is the goal, not growth. Growth can never be the goal because it steals from health. Health has to be the goal. Growth is a byproduct of health. 
all the time. We will always care for each other, and the Lord will add daily to those who are being saved because we are healthy spiritually, emotionally, relationally, physically. As people are coming to connect with us, our primary objective is not to get them doing stuff. (laughs) It's get them connected into relationship. Doing stuff comes as a byproduct of being connected in relationship. Health produces growth. So health is our first priority. Growth is the second. So we're going to continue to define our theological and practical foundations, making it very clear to people what the ground rules are when they come. What can I expect? How will you treat me? Where can I serve? Are there stipulations? Are there guidelines? We are going to establish those things very, very clearly so people know when they come what they can expect. We want to do a better job of defining on-ramps for people with serving within the family. We want to grow, but we want to grow well. I've told the leadership team about this. I don't care about having a big church. I just, numerically, I just don't care. I'm over it. I care about being a big presence in the neighborhood. That's what I care about. Growth will come, we'll deal with that, but I just don't care about that. I care about people in this neighborhood knowing Jesus. Steve at the bus stop, now three points of contact, me and Ryan this morning, getting a chance to pray with Steve again today. Big points of contact in this room. There's like nine South, 13, 13 maybe? 13 South Everett, four square people here on Tuesday night, eating with the kids from this neighborhood and building strong connections. That's, what, that's being big. That is big to be here, to be with those kids. Health and growth. Honor. This is the third thing we're going to do this year. This is really fun. We as a congregation are turning 25 years old on May 7th. It worked better to celebrate it on the 16th and the 17th, so that's when we're going to do it. But every pastor who has ever pastored this church will be back here for that weekend. It's going to be so much fun. There isn't any point in the history of this church, which is unusual, it's uncommon, that there's not a relational hiccup that's of great significance somewhere that's like, I don't know if we can get those two people back in the room because, you know, like South Everett doesn't have that. We, we have five pastors who preceded my wife and I. Some are living in, in, in Idaho. Some of them are living in Snohomish. Some of them are uh, living just in Bothell. I mean, there's around in Wisconsin, right? They're all coming back for one weekend. We're going to invite everyone that we know who's ever been a part of this church to come and celebrate with us. We'll have a big open house here. There'll be a barbecue on the 16th, and then we'll have a service on the 17th. We'll get a chance to hear from all of those people. But we're going to honor the good work the Lord has done. We're going to really look back and tie a bow on that and say, now, where are we going? This church has good bones, has good history, and we want to celebrate it, and the Lord is not done yet. So that's going to be a big part of this year. We're turning 25. That's a big deal for a church that refuses to have a building. I like that about us. We refuse to have our own space because we belong in the neighborhood. That's in the bones of this church. Finally, application. That's what we're thinking about. As you become, as we become more familiar with our core values and our behaviors, the things that we value most, we've talked about those things, we want to start attaching those things to the things that we're doing. So in our minds, we get a sense, oh, this is what it looks like. I'm having sacred relationship right now. Or I'm courageously living out my belief right now. Or I'm celebrating the diversity of this body. Or I'm doing something that's connected to the neighborhood of the city. Or I'm connecting to something that is of signs and wonders because God just healed somebody. In our minds, we want to start connecting those things. Because as we connect those things and get some good how to do it in our minds, we can build disciples because we know what we're doing. We're going to bring fresh clarity to that in this season. People say, what are we doing? Well, let's be faithful and generous. 
We're going to do it three ways. Gather in big groups like this, right? Like all the people that are here and all the people are coming back in here. We're going to gather in little groups. So you can always come to this prayer on Tuesday nights or the once a month that we're serving with the kids. Or you can actually just build a relationship with someone in this church and meet with them once a week or twice a month or whatever it is, or call each other and text each other. Everyone who's a part of this connect, this community should have a connection point throughout the week. Someone that's helping them. That's organic. We don't plan that. Just, just do that with each other. We can help you if you want to know how. But we gather in big groups, we gather in little groups, and then we find our place in the neighborhood. That's it. That's what South Everett Foursquare does in this season, right? Big groups, little groups, find our space in the neighborhood, right? How did that work? Remember this last week? People and places... Names and faces, rhythms of life. That's it. It's going on a walk with a people and a place and finding Steve at a bus stop and knowing that the bus picks him up at 9.38 a.m. to take him down to Casino Mall Way or Everett Mall Way for a while. And then he comes back and he's a Raiders fan. <laughs> and, he, and he picked San Francisco by five points today. I said, I hope you're wrong. Like, you might lose some money, but like, I hope you're wrong. But that's a rhythm of life. We know that Steve has that going on right now. We just get to know people. We did. We, did. we just get to know people. That's, God put us here to be present and available. We're going to keep circling around these themes. It's becoming more and more clear. We want to be able to spit them out like a mantra and then follow them up with our footsteps. That's what we want to do in everything that we do. So we find our way in the neighborhood by mentoring with kids in city life. Going on prayer walks up and down the street. Helping at Horizon. Helping with Casino Road Kids Ministries. It's just... And we, out of our need, out of our dependence, we give. And God will meet us. And then we rest. And then we go, and then we rest. Amen? Thank you for being a part of this congregation in this season, the life of this church. This is an exciting place. I just stood back this morning and looked at what was going on. I'm like, look what's going on. God is doing a good thing on Sunday mornings and beyond Sunday mornings. So, Lord Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you for this time. Thank you for the kids. God, thank you that we get to invest in them. Thank you for Steve at the bus stop and Jen at the freeway entrance. And, God, thank you for um, Eduardo and Fabio that cook us tacos. And thank you for Carl who bags our groceries. Thank you for Joan who buys balls for kids in the neighborhood so they're not afraid to go outside anymore. Thank you that you've placed us as a part of the village. Thank you that you've placed us with those who don't know Jesus yet, but also care about the poor. God, give us wisdom and guidance in those relationships. Lord, as this building is finished, um, Lord, we thank you that we have uh, a presence in a very, very nice space now. God, I just, I can't even believe it. It's got to be one of the nicest spaces on this road. God, it's bright and it's vibrant. And every week that you allow us to come and be guests here, foreigners here, exiles here, Lord, we get to infuse life and hope in a sense of great stewardship that we might be a part of blessing all who would come or do more than we can ask or imagine. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. You've been listening to a podcast from South Everett Foursquare Church. For more information about us, please visit us online at www.southeverett.org.